Matthew 26 and 36, it says this. Then cometh Jesus to them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto to the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. You may be seated. Our Father, God in heaven, Lord, as we come before you tonight, God, we're thankful for your holy word. We're thankful, Lord, for the scripture that you've allowed us to open and read from tonight. Father, we're thankful for your spirit that we felt and witnessed so real in our heart and our life tonight. We're thankful for the wonderful singing, the beautiful testimonies. God, we're thankful that you have chose to meet with us tonight. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you'd help us. God, that you'd use us. Lord, that you'd preach through us the message. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you'd anoint us. And God, that you'd just give us the help, Lord, that we need. God, we know that without the anointing, God, it's just as a, a tinkling brass in a cymbal. Father, we pray, Lord, that you'd just help us tonight. Oh, God, you know how we need you. And Father, we pray, Lord, if there's a burden tonight, if there's one that has a need, God, that you'd meet them right where they're at. And God, that you'd help them, give them the help and strength that they need. And Father, we just want to lift you up. Want to give you praise and glory and honor, and it's in the name of Jesus we pray, and Amen. Now I want you to notice tonight that I believe the text here tonight reveals that even the closest of those to Jesus were in danger of falling asleep. No doubt, Peter and James and John, I believe, were the closest men on this earth to the Lord Jesus. And we find that in the Scripture text tonight, we find that these three men, all Jesus wanted was a friend that would go with Him, that would pray with Him and watch with Him for an hour. But yet Jesus came back three separate times and found those three men asleep. Now you think about this. I believe that there are three different types or three different categories, if you will, of sleep. And maybe that's Perhaps why Jesus went back those three different times and found those men asleep. First of all, how, how many of you has ever heard of just dozing off? I believe a lot of times that's what happens right here in Union Valley. I thought maybe you were just agreeing with me while I was preaching, but all the time you're head bobbing off. But you think about that, and you know, 
The second phase is simply this, when our mind and our bodies begin to shut down. And then the third phase is simply this, when we fall off into a great deep sleep and, and our, even our muscles start to relax, our, our heart becomes almost dormant at times, it, it, it drops way down and our mind begins to fade off and we become locks in sleep, a deep sleep. So now you think about this. I believe that, I believe in, in well, let me just say this, or read this in, in Romans chapter 13. I read it just a few weeks ago. If you remember, in Romans chapter 13 and verse 11, I, I believe that, that God is trying to wake some of us up out of sleep. I believe that there is a great danger in, in going to sleep. Now listen, uh, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11, he said, and that knowing the time, you think about the time that we live in. If you know the time that we're in right now, I believe what God is saying, it's time to wake up. It's time to open our eyes. It's time to become conscious. It's time to look around and look and see the things that's around us. He said, knowing the time, notice this. He said, and knowing that, uh, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation near then we believe. I believe it's time for the church to wake up. I believe it's time for some of us to get stirred up and to get woke up and to get moved around. Now I believe God is encouraging us to do just that. To get awake. To come out of sleep and, and become awake. You know, you think about when we sleep. When we sleep, we're unconscious, are we not? You think about it. And what, what's happening if we're unconscious? We're not aware of our surroundings. We're not aware of the things that are going on uh, around us. We're not able to, to, note, to notice and to take uh, account of what is happening all around us. Now notice this. Also, you'll find uh, that when we go to sleep, that we're, we're not able to move. We don't have any motivation. And then you think about this. So the third thing is simply this. Unresponsive to hearing. You ever think about that? I understand that, that, that there's something that clicks in your mind. It happens in your brain. There's something, when you go to sleep, there's something that it's just like a dimmer switch, if you will. When we go to sleep, you ever uh, come up on somebody and they're asleep and you, you holler at them, you holler at them, it's as if they're, they're not even there. There's something that takes place in your mind. It's like a dimmer switch and your, your, your hearing begins to fade and go away. Now you think about this. I believe that there is a great danger in allowing you think about this ourselves to get to the place where we don't take notice of what's going on around us. I believe there's a great danger when we become asleep and we can't look and see what's happening right in front of us. And then you think about this, there's a great danger when we uh, don't take the initiative to, to, to be uh, mobile, if you will, and to be motivated to do the things of God. And let me say this, there is absolutely a great danger when we become so asleep that we fail to hear the preaching of the Word of God. You think about that, when we go to sleep, we can't hear. And I'm afraid that there's a lot of people, even churchgoers, even people that, that go to church every day, I believe some of them is falling fast asleep and there's great danger in that when we go to sleep. Now, you think about this. In uh, Amos chapter number 8, in verse number 11, he, uh, the writer read this, wrote this, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. 
not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of the hearing of the words of the Lord. There's coming a time when the church is going to fall asleep, and I believe we're right there. I believe that, hey, let me just say this, I believe God is stirring somebody to wake up. God is moving in somebody's life to wake up. Right now is not the time to lay down and go to sleep. If there's ever been a time that we ought to be conscious and, and open-minded, we ought to look around right now and realize that now's the time to stay awake. Don't lay down and don't go to sleep. Now you think about that. Now, let me say this. If you'll remember, about two years, I'm going to have to get a drink. My tongue is sticking to the top of my mouth. I'm sorry. If you'll remember, a couple weeks ago, I... I preached on this. The Lord allowed us to preach on this. And there was a few other things that the Lord had showed us and shared with us. And I want to share with, with you some of those things tonight. And I want to share another two or three things with you. But I believe this. I believe there's danger in going to sleep. Now you notice uh, from the scripture text that we read tonight in your hearing. I believe that there's danger in, in going to sleep. And because we go to sleep, it, it's simply this. That Christ... Is being, is, is being taken away right out from under us. You think about that. Here Jesus went into the garden of Gethsemane and took three of his closest friends. There's one place in the Bible where it says that he went a stones cast away and he fell upon his knees in torment, in agony because the weight of this sin was falling upon him there in the garden of Gethsemane and he began to pray in agony. Wanting just his closest friends to pray and watch with him for an hour. But we know that during this time, who was on the way? Judas was on the way, was he not? No doubt, but I believe by the time Jesus was praying, Judas was well on his way. He had the angry mob. He had the crowd there with him. Those Roman soldiers and how they had their spears and their knives and their staves and their pit. You think about the, the, the lights that they carried, the fire that they carried. You think when they come into the Garden of Gethsemane there that day, they took a hold of Jesus and they removed him out of the presence of those three disciples that were fast asleep. You think about it. And I believe, I believe there's great danger in falling asleep. Because I'm afraid, you think about this. I'm afraid that there's some out here in the world today that while the church is sleeping... They're trying to take Jesus out of absolutely everything. They're trying to take... You think about it. My goodness. You think you know what? Hey, there's something special when you just speak the name of Jesus. Is there not? And you know what? Some of them, they don't mind you talking about God. They don't mind you talking about a higher power. They don't mind you talking about angels or whatever that you want to talk about. But when you mention the name of Jesus, guess what? They get offended. Let me say this. There's power in the name of Jesus tonight. Bless His holy name. Hey, I just love the name of Jesus. There's something special about speaking that name. There's been times in my life when I was so down, so low, I wasn't able, even able to pray. But you know what all I could utter was the name of Jesus. And at the power of that name, God sent me deliverance and sent me help. There's power in the name of Jesus. And you know that there's some that is offended by that name. Jesus said, he said, many shall be offended in my name. You think about this, you know, and this isn't something that just started recently. You go back into the, you go back all the way into the uh, 1960s. You remember, I believe it was 1963. You remember Madeline O'Hare and how that she went into the schoolhouses and made a fuss. And because of one woman 
They threw out the Bible because of one woman. They threw out prayer. Do you think about that tonight? Do you know what? And it wasn't long. I believe it was in 2010. You remember? I think it was in around 2010. You remember? They was trying to take Christmas off of Christmas. They was wanting to uh, eliminate Christmas and, and, and refer to it as happy holidays. You know what? They can take Christ out of whatever they want, but they'll never take Him out of my heart. You think about that. Christ lives and dwells on the inside. And you know what? You think about this. I believe it was in just a couple, two or three years ago. You remember that they weren't even, that some of them was protesting and and causing a big ruckus and a fuss because of the manger scenes that people put in their lawns. You remember that? That little babe offended them. Jesus offended them. And while the church is sleeping, they're trying to take Christ out of everything. Let me just say this. You listen to me tonight. You might be able to take the Ten Commandments off the buildings, off the, the, the halls there in the courthouses. You may be able to take prayer out of the schoolhouses. You may be able to throw the, the Bible out of the schoolhouses. But let me say this. There's coming a time when every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the, the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me just say this. Every knee shall bow at that, that, that name tonight. You think about it. There's power in the name of Jesus. They cannot remove Christ from my heart and my life tonight. Thank God I've got Him. Hope and pray that you've got Him tonight. They're trying to take Jesus while we're sleeping. They're trying to take Christ out of everything. Number two, they're trying while we're sleeping. They're trying to destroy our children in the dark. Now you think about that. You remember in, I believe it's in 1 Kings chapter number 3. And Solomon has become king at this point. And 1 Kings chapter number 3 speaks about two harlots. And how both of them had, had babies. You remember this and how in the night one of them, the Bible says overlaid on that child and it killed that child in the night. Well, while that happened, she woke up and realized what had happened and what had taken place. And she swapped the dead child for the live one. You remember that? And how that they woke up in the morning and, and, and the, the mommy that woke up with the dead child realized that it wasn't her baby. And realized that the other woman had stolen and took her baby. You remember she went to the king and said, hey, this is what's happened. She stole my baby through the night. She overlaid on her baby and killed her baby. And she, took, she stole my baby in the night. And Solomon said, go get me a sword. Do you remember? Yeah. They went and got him a sword and said, wait a minute, what are you going to do? He said, well, I'm going to give you half and I'm going to give you half. I'm going to cut that child in half. And I believe the real mommy spoke up and said, no, wait a minute. Don't kill my baby. And with the wisdom of Solomon, Solomon said, that's the mother. But you think about this. You think about what kind of woman would overlay their child in the night. You think about now the Bible refers to them as two harlots. One that is eager to, to please the flesh and the desires of others. You think about it. And maybe she got to the point where, where this child was becoming a hindrance and a burden to her lifestyle. Oh my, I'm preaching right now. You think about it. And how that she destroyed that little baby and killed that little baby. And, and then she realized that she had lost her baby. 
Now you think about this. You know, I believe that it isn't, is it not a shame that while there's children that's going hungry in the homes today, that there's drugs and alcohol and cigarettes laying all over the place, laying all over the houses, and, and children are falling. They're, they're, you think about it. They're falling down weak because they don't have anything to eat. You know, I believe we ought to take care of our children. My goodness, it's, it's the greatest asset that any church could ever have is the children that's sitting right here among us tonight, the young people that's sitting here. Let me just say this. If you're under the age of 19 or 20 years old, would you stand with me tonight? It's okay. You can stand. Look, on a Sunday evening, look around. Isn't that wonderful? Appreciate every one of them tonight. You can be seated. But you know, I believe that we've got... You know, it, it's, it's a... There's a great responsibility in raising children. And if you're not willing to take up on that responsibility, you know what I say? Keep your britches on. Amen. Keep your britches up. Simple. It's simple, is it not? You know, you think about, you think about society and you think about about the home and the insecurities within the home today and how, how that the home has crumbled, the home has faded, the, the home has fallen apart. And, you know, the, the divorce is more common than marriage today, is it not? You hear more uh, about divorces than you do of, of weddings and marriages. And what a shame it is. There's no commitment today. And, you know, we've got this thing turned completely upside down. We're upside down with it. You know, the things, uh, the Bible says that in the latter days, the, the people will call evil good and good evil. And I believe we're right there. You think about this. You know, that they, they, they think about Dr. Seuss and how that it, that it, they say that it corrupts a child's mind. And we're supposed to do away with Dr. Seuss. But you know, at the same time, they're trying to do away with Dr. Seuss. You know what they're doing? They're trying to legalize pornography. Now you think about that. Where have we gotten our, ourselves into? The conditions that we've, we've gotten ourselves into. You know, while we're asleep, while we're sleeping, you think about it, our children are going down. You know, you think about these children. They didn't ask to come in this world. And they didn't get a vote on which family that they got born into. You know that? I believe we're obligated to our children. I believe we ought, to, we ought to commit ourselves to our children. Now you think about this. I believe number three is simply this. I'll not be long. But number three is simply this. I believe that while we're sleeping, I believe others are suffering because of our rebellion against God. You ever think about that? You remember in Jonah chapter number one? Jonah... God called Jonah to go down. We, we know the story. You know, God called him to go down to Nineveh. And Jonah said, nope, I'm not going to do it. He went down and paid his own fare and he was going down to Tarshish. Remember that? And how he got on the ship, he paid the fare and got on the ship. And the Bible says that while he was asleep, a great storm arose. You think about the men that were in trouble. You think about the men's lives that were at stake simply because this man rebelled against the Word of God. And because he was asleep, now you think about it. 
I'd hate to think that because I was neglecting the call of God on my life, that my family or somebody else along the way was suffering and paying the price simply because of my negligence. You think about it. And how I believe we ought to respond to the call of God in our heart and our life. Listen and obey. You think about this. Now you might say that I'm going to go out here and I'm going to live the way I want to and it's not going to affect nobody but me. You're wrong about that. You think about that tonight. Let me just say this. You parents, you know what? There are children that is dependent upon you. You daddies, there's children that's dependent upon you. There's a wife that's dependent upon you. You wives, there's, there's children that's dependent upon you. There's a husband that's dependent upon you. You think about it. There's a church family that's dependent upon you. And I believe we've got responsibilities in the home, in the household. And you know what? Let me just go another step farther. I believe as children, you think about this. Children, you think about it. You might say, well, I'll not have no effect on somebody's life if I go out here and live the way that I want to. But let me say this. You don't know the countless hours that they have spent awake in the bed wondering what's going on with their, their son or their daughter. You don't know the countless hours that they have spent on their knees in prayer praying that God would bring you back out of the condition that you might be in. It, you do have an effect on others' life because we rebel against the Word of God. In my life and in your life. I think we ought to just mind the Lord. I think we ought to just listen to Him. Everything else would work all out alright. You know what? Now you think. You know I thought about my mommy and my daddy. And my raising. I appreciate my mom and my dad. Appreciate the raising that I've had. They took us to church from day one. And you know what? I have no regrets about that. None. Zero. Look back down through my life and, and, and I, you know, I was sheltered. I was a sheltered child. And I thank God for that. And you know, I'm glad that I had parents that put boundaries in my life as a child. And let me just say this to you young people. Don't you get upset. Don't you get offended if your mommy and daddy says, no, you're not going to do this. I believe they've got your best interest in mind. If they're a praying mommy and a praying daddy, a godly mommy and a godly daddy, we ought to obey what they say. Amen. We ought to mind. You know, I'm living proof that I never backtalked my mommy. I wouldn't be here tonight. My daddy would have, my goodness, I've been whipped at times. I, the, the smoke alarm went off. But I appreciate what mom and dad had done. Appreciate the raising that I had, and I look back, and you know, I knew that they loved me, and they still love me. And you know what? I don't believe there's a day goes by that mommy and daddy don't hit their knees and call out Jonathan Allen DeWeese and bless his holy name. I appreciate my mom and my dad. I love them and what they mean to me. You know, children, if you've got a praying mommy and a praying daddy, you ought to appreciate them every day of your life. You ought to love them. You ought to call them every day and tell them that you love them. Let them know that you love them. There's nothing wrong with you going up to your mommy and daddy and giving them a big hug and telling them how much you love them. Something special about that. Thankful for the raising and upbringing that we had. You know, I thought if we would simply 
get back to the paddle, we could do away with the pill. You realize that? I believe that. The Bible says, spare the rod, hateth the child. That's not my words. That's harsh. But that's not my words. That's the word of God. There's times when they're going to need corrected. They're going to need put back in line. Thank God that mommy and daddy put me back in line a time or two. Maybe more than a time or two, but a few times. Pretty often, in fact. But Put me back where I should be. But I thank God for my parents. And you know, the last thing I want you to notice is simply this. I believe that while we're asleep, the second coming of the Lord Jesus is at hand. Boy, you think about that. My goodness, I believe that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I believe that the trump of God should, could sound. And I believe that, the, my goodness, the dead in Christ could rise. You think about that. My goodness, I get excited about that. In, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 2, it says, The Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Why would He say He cometh as a thief in the night? I believe this simply because even I believe if we're not careful, a lot of church people will be asleep during the second coming of the Lord Jesus. You think about it. He's going to come as a thief in the night. And I believe it's just around the corner. You know, I want to read this in first, I'm sorry, in Philippians chapter number 2. I believe it is. You think about this. In Philippians chapter number 2, I want to share this with you. It says this. It says, I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. And it's verse 16 and 17. It says, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Could you imagine what it's going to be like when the Lord comes back? You know, there's some of us that we wouldn't, we wouldn't shout to see an ant eat a bell of hay. You realize that? Some of you just sit right there. But you think about this. My goodness, I got to thinking about when Grandma and Grandpa gets up out of that grave and they're not all humped over. They're not limping around. They're not stumbling all over the place. They don't have a cane in their hand. They're not sitting in a wheelchair, but they look like a teenager again. Bless God, you think what's going to happen that day on that resurrection morning? Hey, I'm telling you, there's coming a time when, when Christ is going to call the church home and the dead is going to get up. You think about it tonight, church. My goodness. Hey, I don't want to... Hey, I, I want to meet Him with the shout, if you will. Bless His soul. You know what I think? We ought to just shout from here to the portals of glory when He comes and calls us home. My goodness, I get excited to think that Jesus is soon to come. I believe it. I believe it. You know what? Some might, some might say, well, I've heard that all of my life. I have. I've heard that all of my life. But I know this. I'm closer today than I was yesterday. I'll be close. If He don't come tonight, I'll be closer tomorrow than I am today. Eager and waiting. You know, I believe He's looking for a church that's not asleep. That's not falling asleep. I believe He's looking for a church that's waiting and watching diligently, expecting. You know what? It, with expectation, eager 
You're just on the edge of your seat waiting for the Lord to come by. You think about that tonight, church. Would you stand with me tonight? You know, I thought about, could you imagine seeing the parents that you buried? Could you imagine seeing the grandparents that you buried? Could you imagine seeing the children that you might have you might have buried? You think about it. You think about that reunion on that day. My goodness, what a glorious day. Hey, I believe we're going to leave this place with a shout. I believe it.